0: following message was delivered at Bible Baptist Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. Verse 13 <clears throat> First Peter 2 beginning in uh, verse 13 First Peter 2 beginning in uh, verse 13 <clears throat> Here, the Bible says, "...submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free not using your liberty as a cloak for maliciousness, but as the servants of God." Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, and uh, honor the king. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward. For this is thankworthy of a man for conscience toward God, endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it if when you be burdened you, uh, <clears throat> for your uh, faults, you shall take it patiently? Uh, but if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God, for here and for even there, hereunto were ye called, because Christ also hath suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow His steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed. For you you were as sheep going astray, but are now returned to the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Again, continuing with the subject of the Christian duty towards all kinds of authority established by the Lord. Let's pray. Father in heaven, again, as we look into thy word, thank you for it. Father, thank you for the truths we're going to speak of concerning authority. And Lord, I pray, Father, that you would help us by your grace, to be good citizens, to be good Christians. Father, to be obedient to those authorities you've established over us. God, help us to know how we ought to behave, that we might glorify thee, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, talking about the Christian duty towards all kinds of authority, <clears throat> James Dobson once said, "'Authority is God-ordained, but authoritarianism and raw power in almost all forms is dangerous.'" And so it is that we see a lot of that kind of thing going on in our world today i think even of what putin is trying to do even forcing trying to force his own people into uh, into uh, um, um, military service to further his goals his aims not what's even better for russia and we began last week by talking about it is first to be understood that our lord god is the supreme authority in our world and this universe. We know in Genesis 1 and 1, the Bible says, in the beginning, God created. Folks, the creator God has all authority and all power to do as he pleases. And we should be, find ourselves always in subjection to his uh, final authority in our life. If you will, Daniel chapter four. Daniel chapter four. And we know that many a heathen king has learned my experience in dealing with the one true and living God, that he is able to control what goes on even in their kingdoms. In uh, Daniel chapter 4, beginning in verse 34, Daniel chapter 4, beginning in verse 34, the Bible says, And at the end of days I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes into heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised <clears throat> and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. And remember that he has just come back to his senses after boasting that what he had done, the power he had, the authority he had, his kingdom and might was by his own power. God says, let me help you to, uh, to see and understand this better. So God uh, took him out, took him from his kingdom, and made him to live like an animal for, I think it's around seven months or what have you. Then he brought him back to the kingdom and helped him to know that, as he says in verse 35, all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven, and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand, or say unto him, What doest thou? At the same time my reason returned unto me, and for the glory of my kingdom, mine honor and brightness returned unto me. And my counselors and my lords sought unto me. And I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added unto me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all whose ways are, works are truth, and his uh, ways, judgment, and those that walk in pride he is able to abase. God had allowed him to rise to power, and God could bring him down. He taught him that, even as a heathen king in Matthew 8. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 23. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 23. Here the Bible says in Matthew 8, beginning in verse 23. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him, speaking of Christ. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the sea was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? And he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? He is the Creator, Almighty God. He taught them a lesson of his power, of his authority over all things. And you know, folks, we need to be in proper subjection to, uh, to the supreme God, the Lord God, who is the supreme authority over all things. And then uh, tonight we want to talk about from verses 13 to 25, understand that God's word is to be the supreme authority and law of our lives. God's word is to be the supreme authority and law of our lives. <clears throat> Looking back to 1 Peter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 13. 1 Peter 2 and verse 13. Here the Lord is not giving a suggestion to His people and to us. He is giving a command to us. He said, Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the King as supreme or unto governors and so forth. God is commanding uh, through Peter giving a commandment to his people uh, to Christian people, here is a command this is god's word, his commands should be the law of our life on a daily basis is the supreme authority in our life. George Washington once said, it is impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible, God and the bible god 's word is the supreme authority. on on matters of life and what have you if you will look with me to uh, Isaiah 49 and 22 Isaiah 49 and 22 thus said the Lord God behold I will lift up mine hand to the Gentiles and set up of my standard to the people, and they shall bring thy sons in their arms, and carry, and thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders, and so forth. But God begins that verse with, "Thus saith." The Lord, we know, as as we've said so many times recently, that all scripture is given by our inspiration of God. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And when God says, thus saith the Lord, it's important. We need to sit up and take notice of the command of God for our lives, the authority of his word in our lives. In Deuteronomy 4, Deuteronomy chapter 4. god intended for israel to live by the command and law of his word in deuteronomy 4 will begin in verse 1 but these things are not just for israel they are for us as well and uh, deuteronomy 4 and 1 now therefore hearken o israel under the statutes under the judgments which i teach you for to do them that ye may live and go in and possess the land which the lord god of your fathers giveth you Ye shall not add unto it unto, unto the word which I command you. Again, c- commands here. Neither shall you diminish aught from it that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Your eyes have seen what uh, the Lord did because of Baal-peor. For all, the, that, uh, for all the men that follow Baal-peor, the Lord thy God hath destroyed them from among you. But ye that did cleave unto the Lord your God are alive every one of you this day. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments even as the Lord my God commanded me that you should do so in the land whither you go to possess it. Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and understanding in the sight of the nations, which shall hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what nation is there so great who hath God so nigh unto them as the Lord our God is and all the things that we call upon Him for? And what nation is there so great that hath statutes and judgments So righteous is all this law which I set before you this day. And folks, Israel uh, was known for God's law, for their statutes, for their judgments, even as America in our day have been as well. It's important uh, that we not forget. You know, our foundations are based upon the Word of God, the foundations for our law. But you know, uh, sometimes I think we don't appreciate... Sometimes the law of God and the laws that God has established for us by His Word. Look at me at Job 23. Job 23 tonight. <clears throat> there are those in our world today in the generations coming up that do not value the Word of God and the authority that uh, God uh, uh, holds in His Word. That same authority was was harnessed and, if you will, the, the foundation for what we have in our laws. But in Deut- excuse me, Job 23, and if we, let's begin in verse 8. Here Job says, as he's in the midst of great trial and difficulty, Behold, I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he, do- where he doth uh, work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. But he knoweth the way that I take, and when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held his steps, his way have I kept and not declined, neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more necessary than my, uh, more than my necessary food. You now, Job did not enjoy what you and I enjoy as Christian people. He didn't have a Bible like we had and he would, they would hear from God, they would hear words from God, no, no doubt probably wrote them down, but they did not have a complete revelation of God and His Word and His work and His dealings with men. So as Job is going through great trial and difficulty, he understands some things. He said it, <clears throat> verse 10, but he knoweth the way that I take, and when he hath tried me, I shall come forth with, as gold. He understood some of these things, And yet he he said, and he understood the the importance of the words of God. You know, what what a different blessing it would have been for Job as he went through those things to be able to have a Bible and look into the word of God and be reminded of his God, reminded of of the things that God does, is doing, and what have you, and draw comfort, even as we've spoken of in times past, uh, from the Scripture. But he esteemed it, he valued it. Because he didn't have what you and I have. And yet, sometimes we don't value uh, the Word of God as we ought. We don't uh, uh, even allow God to have the authority that the Word of God should have in our lives. As a matter of fact, in Job 19, Job 19, and look at verse 23, Job 19, and looking at verse 23. <clears throat> I like what Job says here, and he is lamenting some things. He is not feeling that anyone understands what's going on. Maybe even the Lord, he says in verse 23, "'Oh, that my words uh, were now written. "'Oh, that they were printed in a book, "'that uh, they were graven with an iron pen "'and lead in the rock forever. "'For I know that my Redeemer liveth "'and that he shall stand in the latter day upon the earth.'" And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh uh, shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. You know, Job understood some things. He understood the, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has faith and trust in them. But as he is languishing and, and struggling with the difficulties of the trials that God has allowed to come into his life, he's saying, oh, that my words were now written. Oh, that they were printed in a book. And folks, you know what? God heard his prayer and said, okay, Job, I'm going to see to it that your experience is written in a book. And we have the blessed book of Job. You know, and folks, we get a we get a kind of a bird's eye view sometimes where God is is enlightening us, letting us in to see what it is for a child of God to go through the things he goes through and why he's going through it. And who in some senses is one who is trying to destroy him as Satan was. And the Lord was using even what seemed to be something evil uh, for good. Because God loved him and Job loved the Lord and, uh, and God meant good for him. But there was authority in the Word of God and even, even Job understood that. If you look with me to Matthew 4, Matthew chapter 4. <clears throat> oh, here we go. There was my <clears throat> box elderbug. He's a buddy of mine. Decided to show up today on the pulpit (laughs) matthew 4 and verse 1 matthew 4 and verse 1 then was jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights he was afterward and hungered and when the tempter came to him he said unto him if thou be the son of god command that these stones be made bread now it's interesting the devil doesn't come at us when we're strong he comes at us when we're weak he attacked the Lord Jesus Christ after 40 days and 40 nights of fasting. He comes at him when he seemed, when he imagined him to be weak, tempts him, commanded these stones be made bread. And he, folks, he was there because God the Father wanted him to be there. He would be tempted on all points like as we are, and yet without sin. But he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Here we find the Lord Jesus Christ giving the preeminence uh, and, the, and a great importance placed upon the Word of God and the authority of God's Word in our lives. Verse 5, Then the devil taketh them up into a holy city and setteth them on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, Thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down." For it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Now here the devil's trying to use the word of God against Christ. And we know he's he's using it, perverting it, twisting it. And Jesus said unto him, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. It's interesting that throughout Christ's earthly ministry, he always referred back to the, the word of God. And at that time, All they had was Genesis to Malachi, and yet Christ understood the importance, the authority and the importance of the word of God. And when it comes to temptation, it is the sword of the spirit. It is the the one weapon, one great weapon we can use by the grace of God against the temptation. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kings of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto them, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Folks, over and over again we see the importance of his word. We see the authority of God's word. You know, even the devil, even the devil has to submit himself to the authority of God's word. And here God in the flesh is the one speaking those words. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, the angels came and ministered unto him. A fellow named Sir William Blackstone lived in 1723 to 1780. He was a British jurist and legal scholar whose whose work commentaries on the laws of England was used for more than a century as the foundation of all legal education in Great Britain and the United States. He declared that laws in their general sense are rules of human action or conduct. These are basically two foundations for law according to Blackstone, revealed law given by God explicitly in the Holy Scriptures and natural law discernible by all men as image bearers of God by virtue of the work of the law written in their hearts. Now, this was a British jurist, a famous man that helped, uh, if you will, frame the laws of Great Britain and America. And he understood the authority of God's Word, and the importance of it. And, and Mark uh, chapter 7, Mark chapter 7. <clears throat> we'll begin in verse 1, Mark chapter 7, and we'll begin in verse 1. <clears throat> Mark 7, beginning in verse 1. Then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes which uh, came from Jerusalem. And when they, saw him, his, when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is to say with unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands, oft eat not, holding the tradition of the elders. They must have had COVID back then, amen? <clears throat> no. And when they uh, come from the market, except they wash, they eat not, and many other things there be which... They have received a hold as washing of cups and pots and brazen vessels and of tables. And the Pharisees were and scribes asked him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? And he said, They have been COVID tested and they're okay. No, he didn't say that. He answered and said unto them, Well, if Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honoreth me with their mouth, with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men, for laying aside the commandment of God. And folks, they're called the commandments of God on purpose. You know what a commandment? a commandment is given to be obeyed? We recognize the authority of the command from the one who's given it, and we should give proper obedience to that authority, meaning the Word of God. For laying aside the commandment of God, they set aside the authority of God's Word for the, what they believe the authority of tradition. You hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other such like things you do. And he said unto them, full well ye reject the commandment of God that ye may keep your own tradition. He says, for Moses said, honor thy father and thy mother and whoso curseth father and mother, let him die the death. But she say, if a man shall say to his father and mother his corban, that is to say a gift by what uh, whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free. And ye suffer him no more to do aught for his father or his mother, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which ye have delivered and many such like things do ye. Again, he, uh, over and over again, Christ rebukes them for their rejection of the authority of God's word in their life in all areas, not just in religious matters. You know, sometimes people will, will seek to put a, a, a premium on the authority of God's word in, in religious matters or in, in church matters, and then they'll, they'll discount it in every other area of life. You know, the commandments of God, the law of God is the law of our life. God has given it as a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. He gives us direction and leadership into the into that which is right in Matthew 7. Matthew 7 and 21. Matthew 7 and <clears throat> 21. Here in uh, Matthew 7 and 21, we find the Lord Jesus Christ <clears throat> speaking of salvation not everyone that saith unto me lord lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven and you know jesus said in one place why call ye me lord lord and do not the things which i've said here he says lord lord shall I, uh, shall enter in the kingdom of heaven but he that doeth the will of my father which is in heaven <clears throat> and where do we find the will of god in the word of god in the commandment of god and many will say to me in that day lord lord have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name have done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever, in light of that, therefore, who, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him to, unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock." And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Again, he's pointing out the priority, the preeminence, the importance of following and being obedient to the command of the law of life, the word of God. And he says, a wise man will build his house upon the foundation and the authority of God's word in his life. The others will reject that. And the one, uh, the one who builds his life upon the authority of God's word will not find ruin and loss, but the others who reject it will find ruin and loss. I was thinking uh, recently about the, the, this last hurricane that went through and just decimated, destroyed so many places in Florida. And when I saw some of the pictures of the devastation and the places that this hurricane went through and just literally just wiped them out, and the flood of 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 waters that followed in and what have you. And I thought I looked at it, and you know, these places were built on sandy beaches and places where, you know what folks, they're set up, they're set up for a disaster like this to happen. Now, you know that people are going to want to try to come back and rebuild. A lot of people lost lives. But people are going to come back to these places. They're going to try to rebuild their lives and rebuild in the same place where this devastation and disaster happened. You know, I would think maybe, and maybe some are giving it thought, maybe we shouldn't go back there. Maybe we shouldn't go back and build our houses on the beach because this could happen again. And it could. Because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And sometimes, folks, we need to use a little bit of wisdom. God has given us wisdom and said, Listen, let's build build your house in the right place. Don't build your house on the side of a hill that when the rains come, the floods come, your your house washes down the mountain. Why would we do that? Well, it's beautiful. What a view. What a mess. When you find yourself buried under the mud. Buried alive. What a mess to find such terrible devastation. I mean, it it was terrible to see. And you know what, folks? Sometimes we human beings, we don't take seriously the fact that God knows what's best for us. And we'll try to build our lives without the foundation of truth, only to find disaster because of it. It's not what the Lord wants. You know, God's not just talking for the sake of talking. And if you will, look at verse 28. Verse 28. And it came to pass when Jesus had entered these sayings that the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having <clears throat> authority and not as a scribe. you know why? Because when Christ spoke, he spoke as the word of God in the flesh, God in the flesh, God speaking, the supreme authority. And you know what he did? He spoke the words of God. He referred constantly to the written word of God and folks. So when he spoke, he spoke as one having authority because he did have authority. He is God in the flesh, but not only that, he spoke the very words of God. It's important when myself as a preacher, as we as Christian people, that we're obedient to the authority of God's word in our lives and that when we speak to people, we use the authority of the scriptures to help impress upon men that that, uh, there is a God to be reckoned with. There is a God who wants to help them. No one knows better than God what we need. Nobody and yet sometimes even Christian people, if we're not careful, will live as at, and act as if God doesn't know what he's talking about. And that maybe he doesn't really have any authority in our lives. That's, that's nonsense. It's foolish. And yet, many have done it and will continue to do it. Daniel Webster, an American statement once said, Our ancestors established their system of govern, government on morality and religious sentiment. Moral habits, they believe, cannot uh, be safely trusted on any other foundation than religious principle, nor any government be secure which is not supported by moral habits. Whatsoever makes men uh, men good, Christians, makes them good citizens. Speaking of the uh, forefathers of the revolution, the Bible came with them and is not to be doubted that to the free and and universal reading of the Bible in that age, Men were much indebted for right views of civil government. Now, you know what, folks? These men, our forefathers, whether the world, you know, the the liberal, ungodly world in America, those elements in America that would like to destroy any vestige of our our freedom and our freedom coming by virtue of the word of God and Christian people, the Christian influence of God's people in America, our Christian heritage. You know what, they'd like to tear down any, any resemblance or semblance of it. You know, they're, they're trying to pull it off of our, our, our monuments. They're trying to rewrite history as if the... You know, and I'm not saying that everybody that came to America were Christian people. Some who, who were not even Christian people understood the authority of God's word and tried to use it as the foundation for making good laws that would help us govern our nation matthew 22 matthew 22 and we should not be ashamed or make apology for our heritage a heritage of truth and the authority of god's word in matthew 22 and verse 23 the same day came to him the sadducees of christ the sadducees which say that there is no resurrection and asked him saying master Moses said, If a man die, having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up a seed unto his brother. Now there were with us seven brethren. The first, when he had married a wife, deceased and having no issue, left his wife unto his brother. Likewise, the second also, and the third unto the seventh. Last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? Uh, for they all had, and let me stop here, they did not, these Sadducees were the liberal wing of the Jews. They did not believe in the resurrection, nor angels or anything else like that. They're posing a hypothetical question to try to find fault with Christ, catch him in something that they could accuse him of. And they use Moses and the law of God given by Moses, through Moses to Israel to, to try to do that. Verse 29, Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. You know, there's authority in the Word of God. And you know, they did not acknowledge the authority of God's Word, they made a mockery of it. You know, there are many in the religious world today in America professing Christians that make a mock at the Word of God as if we're almost foolish to follow God's word. It's, it's archaic. You know, I mean, that's for, for the old days. Show me where we've improved in the new days when we set aside the word of God. He says, for in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage but are as the angels of God in heaven, but as touching the resurrection of the dead. Now he's addressing their error with the authority of God's word. But as touching the resurrection of the dead, have you not read that uh, what was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham and, and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob? God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at his doctrine. Again, he approached them with the authority of God's word and he put them to silence. And he told them plainly, you do err not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. Ulysses S. Grant said this, hold fast to the Bible as the sheet anchor of your liberties. Write its precepts in your hearts, practice them in your lives. To the influence of this book, we are indebted for all the progress made in true civilization. And to this book as our guide in the future Righteousness exalted the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Now, I don't know that necessarily Ulysses S. Grant was a Christian, but he is acknowledging the importance and authority of God's Word. Ecclesiastes 12. Ecclesiastes 12. Verses 13 and 14. Ecclesiastes 12, verses 13 and 14. Let us hear the conclusion, Ecclesiastes 12 and 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. And you know, the book of Ecclesiastes is a kind of a different book because uh, Solomon wrote it and he's lamenting some things. He's learned some things the hard way that God knew what he was talking about. And he didn't listen, he found out that God knew. And let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment whether, uh, with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. What a sad thing that some people only learn this after they've ruined things. Benjamin Harrison, one of our presidents, said this, if you take out of your statutes your constitution, your family life, all that is taken from the sacred book, what would there be left to bind society together? You know, these men understood the authority and the importance of the Word of God. They understood that without the Bible, what would we have as far as civilization is concerned? Nothing. Nothing. In John 12 Look at verse 42, John 12 and 42. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on Him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess Him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. And this is the kind of thing that Christ is dealing with. And then because of that, He cried, verse 44. Jesus cried and said, He that believeth on me... Believeth not on me, but on him that sent me. And he that seeth me, seeth him that sent me. I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. And let me say this, folks. You know, if we'll listen to the word of God now, let it be the authority of God in our lives now, we can be saved not just from our sin, but folks, save from some of the heartache and the nonsense that people live in this world, they live through because they reject the word of God and the authority of God. He says, he that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judges him the word that I spoke, and the same shall judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. You know, Christ wasn't going to speak anything but the truth of God, uh, the Father, the truth of God's word from given by commandment from the Father. And his commandment was, was supposed to be life. It was supposed to bring salvation. It was to, it was to keep us safe, safe in life. And you know, folks, not to be safe from everything that comes in life, but to understand the importance of following the Word of God no matter what comes in our lives. Theodore Roosevelt said this, thinking every thinking man, when he thinks, realizes that the teachings of the Bible are so interwoven and entwined with our whole civic and social life that it would be literally, and I do not mean figuratively, but literally impossible for us to figure what that loss would be if these teachings were removed. We would lose almost all the standards by which we now judge both public and private morals, all the standards towards which we, with more or less resolution, strive to raise ourselves. Now, I don't know about you, I read this, and you know what I thought of? I thought of the day in which we live now. And society and those in government are trying to remove, if possible, literally trying to remove the authority of God's word, God's plan for our moral lives and spiritual life. They're trying to remove that from every area of society. And what good have we seen come from it? None. None. And folks, I'm not a pessimist. I'm a realist. You know, Roosevelt understood. He, you take, and he lived in a day when there was still some vestige of morality. The closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the more we're going to see people trying to remove the commandment of God, the light and the law of life to which God intended we live. And you know, we see what's coming from it. And it's not good. Revelation 22. Revelation 22. We ought to pray for America and pray for those who govern our nation. In Revelation 22, in verse 17, Revelation 22 and 17, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let him that hear us say, Come. And let him that is has thirst come. And whosoever will, let him uh, take of the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add him the plagues that are written in this book. If any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things, saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. You know what, folks? <clears throat> you know, the world began... And in the book of Genesis, the world began and God created everything by the, the word of his power. You know, he ends the book with the word of God and the importance of it. Being careful not to add to it or take away from it because, folks, God, you know, remember years ago in, in the Bible, they, they spoke of a king who tried to take the Bible when he heard it and it wasn't speaking good of him. He took it and tried to cut it up and destroy it. And he burned it in the fire. And God said... So what? And he sent the prophet, and they, he re-inspired the Word of God. He gave it again. You know, what, folks, the, the Word of God is forever settled, reserved in heaven. There's a heavenly copy of scripture. I don't care how many times they burn the Bible or reject it, the truth is always the truth, and we're always responsible to it, and the God that gave it. And folks, it's so important that we pray for our nation. And you know what's so important? That you and I, by example, be those who will live in submission to the God of the Bible and, if you will, the authority of the God of the Bible and His Word. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about this message, or if you would like information about our church, please visit us online at bbcdickinson.com.